1: Johnson. At the real dot com, dot com, do you dot experience com, digital com. eye strain from too much blue light exposure from digital screens well Baxter blue glasses are not your average frames these blue light lenses filter out 90% of the highest energy of blue light eliminating 99% of the glare this past year we've all been glued to our devices way more than ever I know that I wake up in and get on my phone just to go to my laptop, just to get back on my phone. Our exposure to digital light has soared and our eyes and our sleep are suffering as a result. Well, Baxter Blue is a force for good. They provide a pair of reading glasses for someone in need for every pair sold. This eyewear is built for the digital age and Baxter Blue has given our listeners 10% off of their next purchase of blue light, sleep, or kid glasses. Just click the link in our show's buyout for the exclusive discount. This is a sign that you've been waiting for to invest in blue light glasses. We know that you'll love Baxter's and we know that you'll feel the difference.
0: Welcome to Cherry's World.
1: name of Miss Alicia Barlow will be here to tell us all about her book, Tell Somebody. Tell Somebody is a very important book, I believe for all children by the age of four. A lot of parents don't know how to start those hard conversations with their kids and I think books are always a great segue. When my daughter was two, we started having a conversation about her body and her private parts and what to do if she ever felt violated or felt like someone touched her inappropriately. In my house, the rule is five, meaning you have to tell at least five people. And the reason why I say five is because you hear so many young boys and girls say that they did tell somebody. They told one person and that person swept it under the rug. Well, my philosophy is if you tell five, somebody's going to investigate and somebody's going to do something about it. So my daughter has her people who she feels are safe people. One is her Taekwondo instructor, mommy, of course, daddy, her uncles, her grandmother, but she has to tell at least five people if something is to ever happen to her. And I truly believe That we need to have these conversations and unfortunately some parents don't know how to start the conversation So miss Alicia Barlow is here today, and she's gonna tell us about her book tell somebody you can find it on Amazon I actually bought it for my daughter. She loves it. The illustration is beautiful. So without further ado Please welcome miss Alicia Barlow and
0: we're gonna talk about tell somebody
2: This is Cherry's World. (laughs) Would you like to advertise on Cherry's World and have your product placed on Cherry's social media for the world to see? Email us now at Cherry's Podcast at gmail.com for low introductory rates. Cherry's World Podcast. Get heard. Welcome to Cherry's
1: Somebody, which my daughter loves. Okay. (laughs) She thinks it is so cute. And I think this conversation is so important for all parents. Can you tell me how you came up with the concept of tell somebody?
0: Uh, Yes. So as a child, I was molested by my grandfather and at age six, I told my mother and her two sisters that their dad was touching me. They told me to keep it a secret from the police because he would go to jail, and to keep it a secret from my own dad because my dad would kill him, and then my dad would go to jail. So I kept it a secret, and they promised the abuse would stop, but unfortunately, I was still brought around him, and the abuse continued. And it took me 20 years to tell my dad, but. The moment I told him, I had like an immediate weight lifted off my shoulders that I had been searching for my whole life. And I wanted all survivors to feel that. And so I actually just got a shirt that said, tell somebody, um, because it just was something that was really special to me. And I posted it online. I got a shirt for me and my dad. And the next day, I just had all these people telling me like the same thing happened to them also. And I never knew that. And my dad just told me that even on his deathbed, he would want to know what happened to his children. And so he just told me to tell everyone in the world to tell somebody and make sure that your parents know and don't. Don't take that secret to the grave. So
1: Ooh, I just got chills. One of the things that I've been telling my daughter since she was two is don't tell just one or two people. Make sure you tell at least five. Because what I've noticed, especially in our community, you tell one or two people, they don't do much about it. In fact, they want to keep it quiet like it never happened. But if you tell five people, somebody's gonna make a think about it, somebody's gonna investigate, somebody is gonna fight for you. And so I've been telling her since day one, I will always be her advocate, but I don't know in case mama fall and bump her head and become a crazy person. I wanted to make sure that other people know as well. Courtney, I'm sorry. I know that this just hit you hard. Courtney's a father. Okay. I did not tell him what the topic of the show is about because I wanted him to see how beautiful you are and to get a general reaction from Courtney. Uh, Courtney, is this a conversation that you've had with your
0: children?
2: Yes, Um, my two boys as well as my daughter. Um, I think (laughs) I'm trying to remember how politically correct I I tried to stay and I didn't really do do a good job of saying that, but I told my, um, only your doctor, your mother, and your father should even see, you know, certain, certain spots, certain spots on your body. And it was like uh, uncomfortable because they didn't really understand because they were real young. So like now as they got older, they still kind of don't get it, you know, cause they, but a uh, Sunday, I always keep telling them like nobody, you no know, need. And I like now my daughter's 10, I told her, I said, I don't even need to see it. You know, you got an issue, you tell me about it, but I don't even need to see you like that. So yeah i i really hate to hear you know my grandfather meant so much to me you know growing up because my my dad died so to hear a grandfather take advantage of i'm sorry you went through that
0: yeah that's okay you know usually when i tell people my story that's their first reaction is you know i'm sorry you went through that but i'm not sorry because if i didn't i wouldn't be able to advocate for it I wouldn't know about it, so I wouldn't be able to bring awareness to the topic. Um, My father actually passed away a month after I started Tell Somebody, but right before he passed away, he told me, sorry, he told me, don't ever stop because somebody has to do it. So every time I meet other advocates that tell me that they're getting discouraged or they feel like they're not doing enough, I always tell them, you know, just keep going, keep talking, keep advocating, keep bringing awareness because somebody got to do it. So I enjoy doing it. I, enjoy- I
1: love that. It gave you a life, that's your life purpose.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. And your journey has definitely made you who you are. One of the things that I noticed about you after I ordered your book, I went and I looked at your page because I, I didn't do that before I ordered the book, but I noticed that you share stories and yeah. these are survivor stories. What made you decide to start sharing other people's stories like that?
0: Um, You know, when I first started, it was just me, me and my 5-year-old daughter and my dad and then my dad passed away and then it was just me and I've been doing this for five or six years and I still don't have a team. It's still, you know, just me and my daughter. So I'm just taking it step by step as I go. I didn't know what direction it was going to go or how I wanted to, but I just knew I wanted to bring awareness and the first year that I started, I used my platform for myself and I always just told my story, my story, my story and I started going to LA to meet other celebrities cuz I felt if I could, you know, get the right celebrity to talk about it on their platform, it would just help so many people. So through that, I built up a big following. I have like over 80,000 followers on my Facebook page and you know, I have celebrities like Alicia Keys and Rihanna and you, you know, following me and things like that. And one day, someone just sent me a picture of them holding a sign that said tell somebody. And they had their story and they showed their face, which I thought was so brave. And I posted it. And then the next day I had six more stories in my inbox. So I posted that. And the next day I had 10 more stories. (sighs) Really, really an eye opener for me because I'm half white and half black. My grandfather who had used me was my white grandfather. And when I got older, I read a survivor book that said the average child molester is a middle-aged white man who's college-educated, religious, and has a family. That all fit my grandfather besides the religious part. And so I grew up thinking that only white men molested even when I would look at my black side, I would say, you know, not us black people, we're not doing that. And it wasn't until I was 28 years old and I started tell somebody that people started sending me pictures of their face that I was like, oh my gosh, it's not just white people that are being abused, yeah. Like people, Asians, like it's everywhere. It's every race, every religion, every community. And it was just like, wow. But yes, I share a different brave survivor story every single day. And it just gives strength to others. And I really love sharing stories because a lot of people grow up like me feeling you're alone. because mm-hmm. You don't talk about it. And here you are. And you go to my page and you can scroll down. And for the last four years straight every day, I'm sharing a different story. And it's like, Wow. You know, and so I'm giving strength to other survivors to let you know no, you're not alone. And you know, a lot of survivors just go through depression, you know, PTSD, they turn to alcohol, sex, drugs, even suicide. And so I love how vulnerable everyone is who shares their story because they talk about all that. So now you can realize you're not alone even with all the feelings that you're going through. All these other people are going through the same thing. So it's really just a comfort and With my mother and her sisters, not only did they tell me to keep it a secret, but when I was older and I finally got to tell the world and get the weight lifted off my shoulders, they didn't know how to um, react to that. And so they cut me off. They changed their phone numbers. You know, they told me it's been so long. What is it that I want them to do for me now? One of my aunts even told me, well, the same thing happened to me when I was younger, get over it. And just to see the backlash that I got from my family, the same family who I protected by keeping this secret for all these years, just completely traded on me. And so to post these stories, here are people whose families, you know, treated them wrong, outcast them, made them the black sheep. And now they're coming and getting more support that they've ever gotten in their whole life from strangers who don't even know them. So, I don't know. It just I love it. You know, I always prayed to God what's my purpose purpose in life? What's my purpose in life? And then I was able to tell my father and start tell somebody and I believe this is my purpose in life.
2: Um, you said you were at what age when this happened to you?
0: Um I was six when I first told my family that their dad was touching me, but he had been touching me way before then. That was just the age I felt comfortable enough to speak up for myself. Um, My grandfather used to touch my body parts and make it seem like it was a game. 95% of child molesters are a family member or close friend because they have access to your children and they have the trust with them. And so a lot of people think child abusers are a stranger, but it's the person that's the closest to your children. And so he used to tickle me under my arms and then tickle my private areas. And I didn't know that was wrong. I thought it was still a game. And then eventually he would abuse me. And he told me that people who loved each other did these kind of things. And so, yeah, just like you said, you loved your grandfather, besides him abusing me, he was really nice. Like I went over there, you know. He had a big house. Um, you know, he bought me everything. And that's another thing. Um, when you're abused as a child, you look at the abuse as a child. It's not until you grow up that you can look back at your situation from an adult's point of view yeah, and say, right. like, wow, you know, um, my grandfather, he had a lot of money, um, and. He basically kept my family quiet with money. He bought my mom and aunt's cars and houses. And, you know, at eight years old, I had the new Super Nintendo and the Nintendo 64 and 50 games with it. Like they bought my silence. And as a child, I didn't know that. So that's why. I'm so proud of my book, Tell Somebody, because I'm able to express that and tell those things. You know, if someone gives you a gift and tells you not to tell your parents, you still need to tell. Because mm-hmm. my grandfather used to give me 20 30 $40, tell me not to tell. And back then, that was a lot of money. And so, you know, if I would have knew about my body, because my mom and dad never taught me about it, then the first time my grandfather touched me, I would have said, hey, I'm sorry. My mom and dad told me that's not okay. And if you do it again, or if you do it, I have to tell somebody. He, mm-hmm. he would never have touched me again. And so that's why even educating your children is so, so important. Because if you don't, then yeah, like me, it can happen for years, decades.
1: You know, people in my family, they talk about me. They call me this helicopter parent. And I am, and I'm proud of it. I don't let men in my home I'm just not really with it. Like if you want to have a family get together or something, that's cool. But I was told by a Muslim lady a long time ago, never leave your daughter in the room with any man alone. And I haven't. Not only do I not leave her in the room with men alone, I don't leave her in the room with women alone. And some people think I'm crazy because I'll be in my own house. And if my whole family is here, I have to go to the bathroom. My daughter gets up and comes. (laughs) You'll (laughs) be looking like, What are they doing? She's going to the bathroom. When I go, she go. The only person I've ever left her alone with is my mother. That's it. Her father has never really even been alone with her. I know that it sounds wrong. Some people think I'm crazy, but I think because I grew up knowing these stories, I don't trust people. And I don't care that they're related to me. And I feel like if they really love me and they really love her, they too will understand.
0: Definitely, definitely. Um, No, I was just going to say my father was molested. He grew up in Louisiana and he was molested by a preacher when he was younger. Oh. And when he got older, he t- when, when, he got, when I got older, he told me about it. And I asked him, well, did you ever tell anybody? And he said, no, because in the South, not only do you not talk about that type of thing, but you also didn't accuse a white man of doing something like that. So he didn't tell. And his abuse continued. My older brother molested by not one, but two babysitters. Oh. My younger brother, my younger brother molested by my grandfather, the same man who abused me. And I didn't find this out until I was 28 years old and told my dad. So growing up, I always thought it was just me. And I never knew that when my grandfather wasn't touching me, he was now touching my younger brother. And my mother and her two sisters molested by their grandfather. And when they told their parents, the same man who abused me, They were told to keep quiet and their abuse continued.
1: So So it's a cycle.
0: It's a cycle. It's a generational curse. Everybody in my immediate family has been abused. And it's like, who's going to break it? So that's why I'm just, you know, I tell people just like a shirt I've seen. I'm my ancestors' wildest dreams. Because back then, people kept that a secret, but not me. This generation, we're breaking generational curses. We're sweeping secrets from under the rug. So come on let's go you know yes.
1: I love it. how do you handle things you have a 5 year old yourself she's 11 now
0: <laughs>
1: wow. yeah yeah You have an 11-year-old. So what kind of parent would you call you? Are you a helicopter parent because of- Oh, definitely,
0: definitely, 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 definitely. I mean, Mm -hmm. uh, I don't let her spend the night at people's houses, but kids can come sleep over here, you know. Um, I have let her go to people's houses, but because of what happened to me, and now that I have this book, I'll bring a copy of my book to a parent's house, and I'll give them, um, you know, a copy. And I'm one of those parents that- Opposite of my mom, I'm going to have my daughter's back and stand up for her and make sure something doesn't happen. So before someone can get an opportunity to hurt her, I let them know first, like, hey, you know, my daughter's coming over. I done taught her about her body. You know what I'm saying? And I joke with them, you know, don't let nothing happen because if something happened, I'm coming back over here. You know what I'm saying? But. And I didn't let them know I'm not playing, you know? And even when I do bring my daughter over, I ask kids questions, well, who's over here? You want to go to Anna's house? Well, who lives with Anna? Oh, her dad, her brother, like I find out, I ask questions. And I think that's the major issue because after my mother and her sister sent me back to their father's house for summer vacations, you know, when my parents were going out of town and the abuse continued, they never, ever asked me any more questions. And that just baffles me because if anyone hurt my child and I had the audacity to bring them back in that environment, the first yeah. time they came back, did anything happen? You know what I'm saying? Did he touch you again? What did you guys do? No one ever asked any more questions. So um, if you saw me and my mother and one of my aunts went on the Eon the Fix My Life show, because- Yeah, that's also on my page. That's on my, uh, yeah, you got to go watch that. Uh, Girl,
1: I don't know if I can handle it. You have to,
0: you have to, you got to watch that. Um, It was just really, really good because my mother and her sisters needed a wake up call. And if anybody could bring that to them, you know, Iyanla was going to tell them and she wasn't going to sugarcoat anything. And um, we did a lot of healing exercises. And that's why me and my mother right now are actually rebuilding our relationship. I understand why she did to me what she did because it was a cycle that was done to her that she couldn't break, you know? But what she did wasn't right. I'm not saying that it was right, but I understand the mind frame. And since then she's apologized for it. She said that she wishes she did something different and she wears my tell somebody shirt and made a video telling other parents if you have told your children in the past that they were lying or you didn't believe them or if you didn't do anything about it it's not too late to apologize and it's not too late to try to heal and move forward you know and admit that what you did was wrong so it's just like a whole experience like just everything like it's crazy
2: how um how did your situation like affect you like growing up like as far as like even dating and stuff oh, yeah, like definitely,
0: that definitely definitely um and that's the thing they say that signs to look for when a child is young is you know wetting the bed being scared of the dark um, bad hygiene so I had all of those um, when I got older I felt ugly I felt insecure I felt like I didn't belong. I'd be around a group of friends and just feel like I was an outcast. When I grew up, yes, in high school, most of my friends lost their virginity in the ninth grade. I didn't lose mine until the 12th grade because I was very scary intimately with men. I couldn't kiss them. I couldn't even look a man in his face for more than three seconds without having to like turn around. And I actually went on Google one day and typed that in. Like, what does it mean if I can't look someone in their eyes? And it said that if you can't look someone in your eyes, you feel like they can look at you and see in your soul and see all your deep secrets. And you feel disgusting and you don't want that. So that's why you turn around. And I was like, wow, is that right? You know? And so, yeah, it took me until I was 19, 20, 21 to even like break out of that. And honestly, it wasn't until I told my dad what happened to me when I was 28 that like lifted so much off of me that I finally, as an adult, feel like this is who I am. Growing up, I just felt like a broken spirit, just in a body. I didn't know who I was, but I finally have self-confidence and self-worth and self-love, and that I didn't have any of that growing up.
1: That is heartbreaking to me. How old were you when your mother apologized?
0: Um, I guess now as, as a grown adult, 28, 29 years old, you know.
1: What did that apology mean to you? How did you feel after? Was it like, I know that was a heavyweight that lifted off of you.
0: I mean, I think it's really hard just because the fact that, like I said, when you grow up and you can look back at your situation as an adult, I had a lot of resentment for my mother uh, growing up, keeping that secret for her and my family I felt like I was the protector, like here I am protecting my white family, my white frail grandfather, who my big black angry dad will go kill if he finds out this secret. So I felt like I was a hero and it, that's really sad to look back because I know other children are growing up right now feeling the same thing. and. Um, And then my dad, once I told him, he said, well, you need to go on social media and you need to show pictures of your mom and her sisters and you need to tell people their names. And I said, I can't do that. I can't throw my family under the bus. And he said, Alicia, family wouldn't turn a deaf ear and a blind eye to you when you needed help. That is not your family. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like it wasn't until he told me that, that I finally looked at myself as the victim and they were the perpetrators so from there I did I had a resentment to my mom because like you said I had at the time a five-year-old and I couldn't even imagine knowing someone was abusing her and then sending her over and it just continuing and so when I got older and she apologized to me it didn't feel genuine I was so upset with her like you know I wanted more and um like I said we're still rebuilding on our relationship you know, and she does. She's apologized more than once, but the first time, I still had a lot of animosity. You know, it's, it took a while to get over that. Yeah, yeah. I,
1: I do believe it's a generational curse. I'm so proud of you because one thing that I do know, talking to survivors when they can start to talk about it and not cry anymore, yeah, yeah. they're healing.
0: Yeah, that's what I do to say. The first time I ever spoke about it. I broke down crying like the first time I said, I'm a survivor of abuse. But now like I could get up and I could scream it from the rooftops. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm a survivor of abuse, but I'm gonna use what happened to me and I'm gonna help everybody else. And actually Oprah Winfrey wrote the quote on the front of my memoir, and silenced abuse. And she said that I'm the perfect role model for turning pain into power. And so I like to tell all survivors, like we're all role models for turning pain into power. And people ask me, well, what is telling my story gonna do? Because that's (laughs) another big thing. There are 50, 60, 70 year olds who are still keeping this secret in. And it's breaking you, it's destroying you. And when I hear someone say, I've never told anyone, but it doesn't bother me. It doesn't affect me. That's a lie, you know? And the fact that you think that a lot of survivors suppress everything, nobody wants to remember those things. But to heal, in order to heal, your parents have to know, your family members have to know, and you have to tell your story because your story is your truth and your story matters.
2: This is Cherry's World.
1: Head over to Grit's Tees. That's G-R-I-T-T-E-E-Z dot com. They've got something for everybody. Athletics, humor, spiritual, and the woke communities. Come express yourself through apparel that communicates passion and perseverance. Use the checkout code CHERRY and you'll get 10% off of everything right now.
2: Not to get too personal, but um, whatever happened to your... Like, how did your grandfather... whatever whatever happened to your grandfather.
0: Okay, and I love getting personal. People always ask me are there any questions that you don't want us to answer? Ask like no, I want I want you to ask me whatever you want because there's somebody out there that needs to hear that answer. And yes, when um I was in my teenage years, my grandfather actually got a rare lung disease that hardens your lungs and he slowly passed away. He slowly um just went You know, from being vibrant to having to sit in a chair to living with the oxygen tank until one day he just passed away. And I will say this, when I was growing up, I thought that the moment my grandfather died, that I would have that weight lifted off my shoulders, that I would finally be safe, that I'd finally be free and like, you know, have my self-love. But when he passed away... It still didn't fix that. It didn't fix that until eight years later, once I told my dad. So to other survivors who think that just when their abuser dies is when they'll finally be able to heal, it takes more work than that.
2: Now, well, the reason why I asked that is because um I I have a well, I wanna I don't know if I'm I'm not I don't know if I'm supposed to say this because she didn't really she hasn't came out about it, but I have I know someone who was abused and th- the guy who did it, he died. And he died like a, a horrible death. Like, you know, I'm talking about from diabetes to the I might be I might be giving too much information. I might I might have cut some of this out Sherry, but um but like his whole like when he died, all his, both his legs was gone. Like that diabetes like ate ate away and we didn't I can't use none of this. I'm sorry. But at the funeral, I, I kid you not, This I didn't know the, none of this at the time. Uh, at the funeral, no one had anything good to say about him. And all they did was talk about his wife, my aunt. And yeah, she's such a great woman, how she put up with at, at his funeral. So why was
1: y'all there? Y'all all better people than me. That's
2: I was 21 at the time. I didn't know all this. I was asking my mom like, what are they talking about? Like, I've never been to a funeral like this where they no one stood up and said anything positive about the man. They only said something good about the, the the wife that dealt with him. And I just, I found out all that stuff. But it just really made me think, like, I wonder, if, is that um, karma? Because the way he died, that's why I wanted to ask you, like, how did your grandfather die? Was it like a instant death or was it like right. a hard, you know, even right. like place? he
0: suffered. Yeah, he Suffered. suffered. My grandfather suffered while he was dying because his lungs were hardening and they didn't have a cure for it. So, yes, he suffered. And now that I'm older, that is how I looked at it. I thought to myself that that is his way to go. That was his karma for what he did. Mm -hmm. And again, that's why I like sharing stories every day, because other people will also include how their abusers died. Mm. And they have like some horrific stories also. Yeah. And I really put two and two together, yeah, and definitely thought that that has something to do with it, yes. And
1: Courtney, uh- I love Courtney said, oh, I can't tell this because she hasn't said anything yet, but I know somebody. Unfortunately, Courtney, we all know somebody, right. but we gotta get to the root of knowing somebody and keeping it quiet because we all have a family member who has clutched somebody right. now see for me you can't come in my house you can't smile in my face you right. can't even see a picture of my child right it's a problem
0: right right but other family members allow it to continue like i said my mother and all her family knew her dad was an abuser, but yet we still had Christmas together every year. We still had Thanksgiving together every year, year after year after year, family vacations together, Mm -hmm. everyone smiling. And that is something that I talked about on the Yonla show. She asked me, why am I so mad at my mother? And my mother and her sisters now talk bad about their dad. They talk about how they hate him, how they're glad he's dead. But when he first passed away, they got his ashes turned into a crystal glow. And every six months they shared, they sent it to a different sister's house to commemorate him. And so that's what I told Ianless. how do my mother and her sisters tell me we're mad at what our dad did to you. We hate him, we're glad he's dead, but yet they still reminisce about him. They still love him, you know? Um, And I just, I couldn't understand that either.
1: How do we break the cycle? How do we break those generational curses? How do we change it for for children who aren't ours?
0: Education. I mean, I think about this book, right? This Mm -hmm. came from my story, my personal story. And here I am, not only selling books, you know, on the daily, but I also go to schools and I'm able to put this book on a projector screen behind me and teach a whole auditorium in 30 minutes about telling somebody. Unfortunately, it's a taboo topic, and a lot of schools don't talk about it. You see, they had DARE growing up in school that would yeah. talk about drugs, but no mm-hmm. one comes and teaches you that no one's supposed to touch your body. And so for the last five years, I've been going to school after school after school and asking them, can I come? Can I talk Makes you wonder why, huh? And I get a no after no after no after no. And one school finally told me yes. And when I came, they didn't even get permission slips from the parents, which is something that they're supposed to do. But when you do that, the parents who are abusing their children won't let them come to school that day. And so that's why a lot of schools just tell me I can't come. But when I went to my last assembly, when the assembly was over, before the kids could even get back to their classroom, just as they're standing up, not one, not two, but three different kids went up to the local yard duty in this room and said, I need help. I need to tell somebody and it's like there's so many kids it's one in three girls and one in five boys and those are just children who report it so Mm -hmm. imagine all the children who don't report it you know so like you said not only does your family have child predators in it you also have child abuse survivors in it but unless you talk about it you will never know that it happened to your cousin.
1: Yes. What do you you tell those family members who say, oh, not my family?
0: I mean, I tell them to come read my stories because on the stories, they're not saying, oh, it was the homeless man on the corner that abused me. They're saying it was my mother's boyfriend. It was my uncle. It was my own father. When I read stories of people saying that their own father not only abused them, but impregnated them, and they have their father's child right now, that kills me, just to know that.
1: It happens.
0: It happens, Often. and it happens so frequent. So all you can do is educate your children and talk to them and ask them questions. One thing I will say, though, is growing up, the only reason why I didn't tell my dad is because my dad loved me so much. And he was like a helicopter parent. And he used to just always tell me, if anybody comes for you, if anyone does anything, like I'm coming, I don't care who it is, I'm coming. Mm -hmm. And I knew that, but that's why I didn't tell because I didn't want him to go to jail. So what I tell parents now is, even if you would go kill somebody or beat somebody up for doing that, don't tell your kids that because that will scare them to not even tell you in the first place. Mm -hmm. Just let your children know if anything happens, Tell me and I'll take care of it. I'll handle it. But don't let them know exactly how you will.
2: Well, I guess I messed that up. (laughs) (laughs)
0: That's
2: exactly what I say.
1: (laughs) I know. I know. (laughs) But that's okay. The good thing about a conversation like this is you don't just have it once. Right. You can have it. Multiple, yes, 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 yes. My daughter and I have the conversation over and over and over again. And one of the great ways to have the conversation with her again was I bought the book. Right. And when the envelope came, I handed it to her and I said, hey boo, this is for you. Uh And she sat down on the couch. She could read. She thought she had a gift. (laughs) And she loved it. She loved the pictures. What I also love is you didn't just talk about little girls when you broke down what your private parts are. You also have little boys in here. And I think that's so important. Was it your own family members that made you think that it was important to include the boys as well?
0: Uh, Yes, definitely. Um, Like I told you, I had been praying for a whole year. Every single day I was praying, dear God, please help me find my purpose in life. And one day I told my cousin, I want to tell my dad I've been molested, but I don't know how. And I kept telling her that over and over. And then one day when I went over to my dad's house, he said, you know, Alicia, your younger brother, Jason called me today and told me he was molested by your grandfather. Were you ever molested? And when he said that, I just broke down and started telling him my story because I knew it was God by telling me, here you go. You want to tell your dad, here you go. But again, here I am finding out about my little brother. See, That made me even more mad than me being abused. You know, when you go through something and then you kind of get over it, you're like, okay, yeah, I was abused. You know, that happened. But now to know my brother was abused, like that took it to a whole nother level. Like that pissed me off. You know what I'm saying? Like I was ready for blood. Like I was so mad at my family to know. And my younger brother told me that when he was six, seven, eight, he told my family too. And they told him to keep it a secret and his abuse continued. So really did two children come tell you guys years and years apart that they were being abused and you didn't do nothing? Again, that made me that made me pissed off with my family to know that my brother came for help and they still didn't help him. So yeah, that is why I included because a lot of people feel it doesn't happen to little boys, but it does. And unfortunately with boys, most of their abusers are men. Mm-hmm. So they grow up really struggling with their sexuality mm-hmm. and they don't tell, they don't talk about it as much as girls. If you look at my pages for the last couple of years, I probably have like five or 600, 700 stories and a handful of men you know but i appreciate the men that came forward cuz they're giving strength to others but unfortunately men feel like they can't talk about it and i asked my little brother why don't you talk about it and he said i don't want people to think i'm weak and show me sympathy and it's like man do you know how many other men are feeling that same way yeah
1: we got to we got to protect our men and teach them young that emotions are okay
0: it's okay yeah
1: yeah
0: yeah yeah and my brother didn't want to go on the on the fix my life show with me when I asked him he said I'm not going he was like why would you want to get on tv and tell millions of people your story and I said because I get to help millions of people with my story and after I went on the show he then called me and said man I wish I would have went with you I wish I could have, you know, went through that healing. So now he has to go through his own and seek counseling and therapy. You know, he's still finding himself right now. Also, unfortunately, child abuse stays with you for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. You know, even though I'm healed a lot, I'm not fully healed. And I don't think anybody will ever be fully healed. You know, Um, I'm lucky to not Have PTSD. Well, I've never been diagnosed with it. You know, Um, I'm lucky to not have ever tried to commit suicide. That's another message that I really strongly want to put out there. Is with these stories, a lot of people will talk about how they tried to commit suicide two, three, four, five, six, seven times. Mm -hmm. And it's like, look, you're here for a reason. You know, you're still here for a reason because God's not done with you yet. And I just wish that those people knew the self love and self worth and self esteem, you know, to keep fighting, to keep living. I never went that far, but there's so many people struggling with that. So yes, if anyone's watching this and you know, you've self harm, even if you haven't tried to commit suicide, people self harm, you know? And if you've tried to self harm, you're still doing it. You need to stop. Your story matters, you matter.
2: But what is, what does is PTSD look like um, as far as a, a child abuse victim? I mean I know what PTSD looks like with people that come from the military but what does it look like when it from a child abuse victim?
0: I mean that's why I like sharing people's stories because they all give like their own input on how it would look to them. And I think that's the thing with anything you go through it affects everybody different you know, so PTSD in in this person is going to look different than this person. So really it's, it's reading the stories, but you know, it's just being afraid. It's carrying all that shame and that guilt and that fear with you into your adulthood. You know, it's, being scared maybe not wanting to leave the house you know not wanting to be around men you know having anxiety you know uh, just wanting to be cooped up and just not having the self-love and the self-worth and being depressed all the time i see people that write stories and say they're on like 15 different medications and they've been in and out of different mental mental institutions you know so it just it varies with people
1: I'm so sad because every survivor says the same thing. There's a shame and a guilt that comes along with it. Like you've done something wrong. Where do you think that guilt and that shame comes from? And how do we get rid of it? How do we help people understand that there's nothing to be ashamed of? And there's no reason for you to be
0: guilty. You, you didn't do anything. Right, right. I always tell people that the game and sh- the, the shame and guilt is not ours to carry. That's for our abusers to carry. The people who hurt you sleep fine at night. It's time for you to finally sleep fine. Where that guilt and disgustingness comes from is the memories. The memories of your old nasty ass, old ass grandfather touching you day after day, doing whatever he wants. To relive that, to think about those things is disgusting. You know, and so you carry that with you, you feel disgusting and dirty, but it wasn't you that committed that you were taking advantage of a lot of people don't realize you were taken advantage of as a child.
1: And you're not telling too much. Don't say I'm telling too much. That's a thing. We don't talk enough. Tell
0: everything. Right, 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 right. There,
1: There should be no secrets. If you tell, you might be saving another kid from going on that camping trip and something happening.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I shared a story recently about a boy who went on a camping trip. Mm -hmm. He said that when all the kids were asleep, one of the male counselors took him in an abandoned bus and abused him and told him, if you tell anyone, I'm going to kill you. And he never told And for the next seven days at camp, he was abused every night and kept that a secret for 20 years. And I wish I would send my daughter to somebody's camp and something like that would happen. I'd be, that camp would be burnt down, okay? Like, So it's just, it's really crazy, the people out there that if they have the opportunity, what they will do. And look at the churches, they keep talking about these pastors and preachers in the catholic church my dad was at a catholic church that are abusing these boys boy scouts being abused
2: is that something you brought up, the catholic church what was that that priest or the pope just said he's against
0: gay marriages
2: yeah but
0: and yeah i saw a whole bunch of people say well why aren't you guys against all the preachers abusing these boys yeah mm-hmm. i don't it's
1: crazy yeah. I'm on it in parents. I have stuff to do tomorrow, but I will risk it all.
0: <laughs> right, 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 right. And I think you got to be like that.
1: Yeah. It's a problem.
0: Yeah,
2: my wife is just like, y'all, my, she don't let my kids go. No, no
1: I, I don't believe, I did have slumber parties and I did go stay at friends' houses. Thank God it was Soleil and Amy, the girls that were on Punky Brewster and their dads were wonderful and their brothers were wonderful so I had no issues there, but I just, I don't believe in it. And if that makes me a bad person, because I always say, once it's done, the damage is done.
2: You can't come back with it. So then
1: I go kill somebody, then they're dead. You know, we get that relief. <laughs> I don't have to be pissed off no more, but then my baby loses her mommy. Right. So is that really going to help her?
0: Right.
1: No, I feel like it's better just to be a helicopter parent to really watch who your children are around and eliminate the issue. Right. That way you don't have to worry about the effect that happens. There's no cause, there's no effect.
0: Right, right. And I actually used to have a job and uh, this man at my job actually threatened to kill me. And it's like, gosh, you know, um, when you go through life and you're like abused as a child, then you go into middle school and you might get like, you know, sexually harassed or something said to you by someone at school, then you become a teenager and you got some more, you know. It's like, as a woman, you just, feel like gosh when is this gonna stop you know there's so many men just saying and doing all these crazy things and um
1: and it doesn't it doesn't stop because we're so busy telling women don't dress like that
0: right don't right.
1: wear that don't do that but we don't go to the root of the issue right we start teaching our boys don't rape women don't right. rape boys don't rape at all
0: now what i will say mm-hmm. is that they say that of child molesters were molested themselves. Mm. So at the end of every story that I post, the first sentence is child molesters, please stop and seek therapy. Because number one, child molesters are regular people who Mm -hmm. have social media. So when I post these stories, not only are survivors reading it and mothers and fathers, but there are, are also child molesters reading it. And I don't understand how someone could go through something so painful and now put that on to another child. But I guess that's part of it, not getting that healing that they needed, not getting that love and support as a child. So they grew up to be the same monster
1: that they had them. You know, and I, I don't want people to feel like we're attacking men because I always have men jump in and say, women are abusers,
0: no, too. Women are abusers, too. I share stories of women are abusers, too. Yes, they are.
1: Yes. But we're not leaving you out. We're just talking about the story that relates to our conversation and that happens. That,
2: that's me. interesting to me because um, I always grew up around a lot of women. How do women abuse men? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Like, how did that happen?
0: I mean, my older brother, the two babysitters he was molested by were women. He was was eight, they were 15. But when you say, how does a woman abuse a a child? The same way a man does, by touching the child's private parts and by making the child touch their private parts.
1: I know a story about a young boy whose mom was a hairdresser. And she used to send him to the back of the salon while she did people's hair. So he didn't get in any trouble. There was a lady who worked in there who was also another stylist for years. She would come in and ask him if he wanted to lick her lollipop. Right. And her lollipop was her privates, right. but he always had a lollipop for him after he licked her lollipop. And this started, I think he said he was like three when it started. Mm -hmm. And when it ended, he said he was around 11 or 12 and it only ended because he stopped. He was old enough where he was staying at home by himself and never wanted to go to his mom's shop, but he was humiliated because he was licking the lollipop to give you a better idea of the. things that women have done to young men and this is a grown man now in his 40s who is still trying to heal
2: and it's crazy because when we growing up in high school that was like uh, you know something to do like try to get an older woman
0: yeah, don't get me started because there's been like even uh little Wayne and Birdman. They were talking about like when little Wayne was 14 years old, the Birdman like, you know, got some strippers or got some people to do some with them. Even Little Boosie, the rapper, was talking about getting his 13, 14-year-old son, you know, and it's like, that's wrong. Yeah. My older brother was molested at age eight by two 15-year-old female babysitters, two of them. So yeah, somebody would make the comment like, oh, you know, it's two women. I did a tell somebody interview with him because I also do interviews. And I said, if the same thing happened to your son, how would you feel? And he said, oh, I'd be mad. I'd be furious. I said, well, you need to feel the same way about yourself because the same thing happened. So even though it sounds good or whatever, you know, like that's abuse. It's It's not
1: cute. Can you tell everybody how to find
0: your social media page? Uh, Yes. So my, you can go to my website, which is tell somebody today, not tell somebody tomorrow, not tell somebody next week, tell somebody today.org. And I actually have like my Facebook and Instagram. That's like the easiest way, but my Facebook is facebook.com slash it's time to tell somebody. And my Instagram is tell somebody movement where you can read everyday stories and get strength and bring awareness. May I
1: repost one of your stories and tell people to go? Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here. You've written other books as well. Can you tell us about your other books before you go?
0: Um, I mean, well, these are the only two actually is just my children's book and my memoir, but I'm in the process right now of writing another book.
1: It's just only two, you're still young. Two is an amazing accomplishment. And
0: they're both Amazon's best sellers. So I am really appreciative.
2: Congratulations.
0: Um, Thank you. Yes, this book came out a couple years ago, but it's like, you know, when people come out with a new song, they start promoting something else. Like, I don't want to come out with, you know, another children, like I'm gonna come out with more stuff. But like, this is so just to the point and just so easy for three-year-old or a 10-year-old to understand and just open the conversation so it's just like i'm just so proud of that book
1: and even if you're not a parent aunties uncles who, neighbor it's a yes. great gift because yes. maybe something is going on in somebody else's home you might give this gift blindly to the child who lives next door it's okay it's appropriate yeah you might save somebody yeah, so yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. definitely
2: going to pur- purchase one too.
0: Thank you, I appreciate My it. Thing. That's Only thirteen dollars. <laughs>
1: yes, it's very affordable.
0: The
2: first like, thing, I, the, the first her. thing I said, I was like, "Cherry, the, is she famous? Do I, I heard? I, I feel like I heard of you and your name or your. I, I feel like I heard of you before.
0: I yeah, I mean, what, I've been out for a couple of years, and um, you know, I've been like on the Shade Room, and I've been on Cron for, you know. KTLA five, I was on the, on the Fix My Life show. So, you know, I've, I've been out here doing things, you know, just still working every day. I'm not famous enough yet, you know, cause everybody doesn't know me, but I'm trying to get there.
1: Well, I'm proud of you. And anytime you want to come tell somebody, you sure are welcome to come back here.
0: <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate you guys.
1: Thank you. Thank and you so much.
0: Now, now you can go back and talk with your children because some children keep that a secret. Until adulthood, I've actually shared a lot of stories where people have said, you know, when I was growing up, I wanted to tell my mom I wanted to. I came this close, but I didn't. She even asked me, but I kept lying and said no. And sometimes you got to keep asking. You got to pry. You know, you got to. It's not just have you ever been touched? No. All right. Go, go eat dinner or something. You know, you got to like really sit down and engage and have a conversation. Make your fit, kids feel comfortable in the to get any secrets off their chest that they might have. Cause you know, we were all kids once and we all got secrets that our parents still don't know. You yeah. know, things that we did, places we weren't supposed to be, dangerous situations that we even put ourselves in, just all kinds of things. So you would just be surprised what your child or children are holding inside.
1: Absolutely. I always say watch clues to Watch your kids' energy when they get around certain people. Stop yeah. making your kids hug people. Yeah. He's like, oh, go give such and such a hug. If they don't gradually go do it themselves, don't make them hug and kiss people. That's not okay.
0: Sitting on their laps, all that. Oh, yeah, no.
1: That's a no-no. My daughter's not allowed to sit on people's laps.
0: Mm-mm. Why? Mm-mm. Like, why would you want, why would your kids be sitting on anybody's lap? Like, for Mm-mm.
1: what? She's 65 pounds. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> That's
0: so
1: funny. From the time she was little, she would tell people, I'm not, because men will be like, She's like, I'm not allowed to, and she'd be like, too, I'm not allowed to sit on your lap. Right,
0: right. And yeah. there, you know what I'm saying, problem solved. She's not sitting on her lap and nothing's happening to
2: her, you know? Right. And most men, at least I can speak for myself and the people that I know, they wouldn't even want to like even be like that with someone else's kids you know what i mean like that's to me that's like a sign like you know like why are you so friendly with kids like that like that's that's a responsibility that you shouldn't even want you know what i mean
1: you know i used to be very friendly with people's kids until i had a kid and then i started looking at things really differently because i was that Oh man, you want some candy? I give you some candy. (laughs) But that was that was was the big kid in me, right? You know. And then once I had a kid, I was like, oh, let me start asking permission. Can I
0: shake your hand?
1: Can I? So some people, I think they do it, and it is innocent.
0: Yeah, definitely. I'm the neighborhood uh, house. You know, growing up, how they always had that one house that kids could go to and play video games like that's my house like after school is 10 kids in my living room they eating up all my chips got Capri Suns all over the floor and stuff because I would rather have them in my house where I know they're safe than just outside like I live in an apartment complex and it's kids running around and their parents is inside the house with the door closed and the windows closed and it's like how I need to be able to see my daughter I need to be able to hear her They just let their kids run around from one side of the complex to the other side. It's like, that's how kids get kidnapped. Like, you can't do that. You have to be more on your children. My mom
1: was the neighborhood house too. And I did not understand that she let us all in because she'd rather us be with her than anywhere else by getting there. Yeah. And I'm praying as mine gets older that my house will be cool too.
0: <laughs>
2: Not mine. I'm going to be honest with you. I I, the only kids coming to my house is my kids. Yeah.
1: No, all the kids can come into my house. They daddies and they uncles, they got to stay home. Oh,
2: <laughs> nobody of mine.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much, really. I really truly appreciate it. And I know that this show is going to help somebody. Yeah. Thank
0: you. Thank you for bringing awareness. Not everybody wants to talk about it. So to talk about it, people are going to hear it. The the right people that need to hear it, they're going to hear this. And they're going to get a message from it.
1: We're going to get a lot of messages, I'm sure. And hopefully we can steer you in the right place to get some therapy.
0: Therapy and counseling.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you,
0: daughter. I can't wait to get her book in the mail.
1: Oh, we sent it. Okay. okay thank you so much baby have a nice day you too
0: Bye.
1: hey if you're listening to cherry's world podcast on apple podcast and itunes please give us a five star let us know what you think leave us a review i want to hear from you thank you
0: welcome to cherry
1: Head over to Grits Teas. That's G-R-I-T-T-E-E-Z dot They've got something for everybody. Athletics, humor, spiritual, and the woke communities. Come express yourself through apparel that communicates passion and perseverance. Use the checkout code CHERRY and you'll get 10% off of everything right now.